You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, folks, to our next NFL Draft Position Preview here, a part of Big Blue View, as we are outlining everything you need to know for the New York Giants offseason. If you're looking for some more New York Giants content, head to BigBlueView.com, SB Nation's New York Giants site, and also hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. Today's episode, I, Joe DeLeon, and Chris Flum will be discussing the defensive tackle group for this 2021 NFL Draft class. And Chris, we have to open today's show with an explanation here. And we've done this already. We did this with the safety group because fans might be thinking, well, why do they need a safety? And I think <laughs> I think even further, it is the case with the defensive tackles and the defensive linemen. Because most people who know this roster know that it is really talented along that front seven with a lot of good guys. Dalvin Tomlinson, Leonard Williams looked really good this year. BJ Hill, Dexter Lawrence seems like the biggest asset of this team right now. And so for any fans thinking, well, why am I listening to this episode? Well, folks, it's not as simple as it might seem this year. There are implications with the salary cap and Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson are up this year as free agents. Leonard Williams was recently franchise tagged this previous year. Someone has to get paid. Someone might not be coming back. So in the event that that happens, if either Dalvin leaves or Leonard Williams leaves, they're going need they're going to need to replenish and build back on anybody that they lose. So we're talking about this group because if that does happen where they can't pay both guys, they're going to have to go and draft someone to fill up the depth and also to not lose any progress they've made along the defensive line. Yeah, and you know, I think we also just have to recognize the Giants in general and Dave Gettleman in particular love the defensive tackle position. Yeah, the Giants could be set for the next five years with all of these guys. They could have all of them under long-term contracts, and we would still have to look at the defensive tackle position for the draft because you can never rule that position out. And you know, you talked about Leonard Williams and Dalton Tomlinson. We also need to recognize that Austin Johnson is only on a one-year deal. He is a free agent, and B.J. Hill is going to be a free agent after next year. So the Giants do have very definite depth concerns. And it's also being reported uh, today as we record this that it looks like the NFL salary cap for 2021 is only going to be $180.5 million, which that's up from the 175 or so it could have been, but the Giants still only have about $1.12 million in cap room under that salary cap. So re-signing Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, or Austin Johnson, that you know, that is going to be 
difficult with that limited amount of cap room. They're going to have to make roster moves regardless just to sign their draft class. But we really should not discount the possibility or even the likelihood that they will draft a defensive tackle at some point, potentially reasonably highly. Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces that I think come into play here. As you can see, folks, there's a lot of stuff that contributes to why it seems like that they might end up drafting a defensive tackle somewhere within in their early parts of the draft. Maybe they wait until later on. I don't see them spending money in free agency because it is a strong group. It's better to go with a cheaper option, which is a draft pick. Um, the other thing, too, is they could hypothetically make the room and the money to re-sign both Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson, and one of them could choose to leave. And you can't franchise tag two players in the event that that happens. They're going to try and keep at least one of them. Um, and if one of them just doesn't want to stick around, they want to be in a, in a group that is less crowded. We don't know what the mentality these guys have coming into free agency. We don't know what their agents are saying to them and trying to discuss in the terms of what is best for their careers. So based on what end, ends up happening they are probably going to end up with taking a defensive tackle. It's not a guarantee. It's not a complete zero chance of happening. But as you said, Chris, Dave Gettleman has always been very intent and loving of defensive tackles. There weren't really any guys that were taken last year, but he will still find ways to get guys and add them to this group. And it seems like that was the focal point last year. You don't want to risk losing out on any players losing a guy and then taking a step backward. If you lose somebody, they're going to find ways to replenish that position because that was why the Giants defense was so good last season. Yeah, absolutely. And I really do think, you know, going forward, looking at the draft, which defensive tackle the Giants lose, you know, because they very will or they very likely could have to make a choice between Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson or Austin Johnson. You know, which one or which ones they let go could determine what kind of defensive tackle they are looking for. You know, Leonard Williams was the Giants' most productive pass rusher, so they're going to need to replace that production somehow. You know, we've talked about we've talked a lot about adding edge rushers, but having somebody who can provide interior pressure is very helpful as well. So there are actually quite a few smaller, leaner relatively speaking, defensive tackles in this draft class who could fill that role. But then on the other hand, if they lose uh, Tomlinson or Johnson, the Giants need a nose tackle. We, You look at their roster and you say, oh, you know, Dexter Lawrence, you know, 340-pound dude, he can be nose tackle, no problem. Or BJ Hill, he can play nose tackle. But the problem is we have seen them at nose tackle and they're just not very good at it. Certainly nowhere near as good as Tomlinson and Johnson are. So if the Giants lose those guys, they're going to have to find a new defensive tackle or a new nose tackle to be that rock in the middle of their defense to eat up double teams, keep linebackers clean and set up the other guys with winnable matchups. And also, as we know, the Giants love to rotate guys. So the more guys, the merrier. And we're going to talk about this. Let's get into actually discussing this class and how it fits in the 2021 NFL draft. We're going to start, as we usually do, with day one prospects. And there's really only one guy that right now seems to be pushed heavily in the first round, while the, the remaining chunk seems to be mostly somewhere on day two, early day three. That's where most of the talent is. It's not really, it doesn't really have a, a star-studded guy at the top of the mix 
like last year, like we've seen in the past, some people thought Marvin Wilson was going to be that guy. He doesn't end up being that player. The one player that we're referring to is Christian Barmore. And I can say this right now, folks. As much as Dave Gettleman loves his defensive tackles, Christian Barmore is not going to be in play at the 11th overall pick. He's just not. We're just talking about him so you know who he is. You know that he's going to get drafted. Heck, he might end up with some of these other uh, NFC East teams. Probably not the Washington football team, but if the Eagles are drafting somewhere later after they get uh, another draft pick when they trade Carson Wentz, maybe they decide to, to go with Christian Barmore. If Dallas ends up trading back into the first round, maybe they end up with Christian Barmore. But Christian Barmore from Alabama had a fantastic season. He's a really big guy. He's a gigantic defensive tackle. And as we've seen over the past few years with these Alabama defensive linemen, they don't really play a whole lot when they're younger. And then once it's their turn to come up and play, they play amazing and lights out. Limited sample size, but look really good. And then they go in the NFL, and then they do a really, really good job. Kind of like what we saw with Dalvin Tomlinson, like we saw Jonathan Allen, Theron Payne, all these guys. Christian Barmore is the next one. Yeah, they, they are just a factory down there in Alabama. And so many of these guys, they they just kind of toil in obscurity, you know, second, third team for the first two or three years of their career there. Then somebody gets drafted in the first or second round. It's their t- time up, and they just play great. Barmore, he is a redshirt sophomore, I believe. And like you said, he is he looks bigger than he measures. You know, from what I've seen, he's listed at six five three ten. He looks bigger than that. That could just mean that he had he carries his weight really well, and you know, there's not a whole lot of bad weight on his frame, or the listed weight is um not exactly accurate, which is kind of likely just because school weights aren't always um good <laughs> but yeah he's really young you know he's young he's really long he's really athletic he's going to be a good defensive tackle but we really probably shouldn't spend much more time talking about him than we already have he's probably not going to be a giant unless maybe somehow he slips to the top of the second round right with the unpredictability of draft classes there's a chance that maybe someone else slides up into the first round, he ends up sliding a little bit, or just overall defensive tackles don't end up going in the first round because teams don't like whoever the top guy is on their boards enough to take them in the first round, but they recognize that the rest of the group is still pretty good. They could get somebody on day two. If that does happen, I would not put that past Dave Gettleman to take Christian Barmore at pick 11 in the second round. I would not be shocked. That if that is available to him, he will 1,000% at least consider it. So be aware of who Christian Barmore is. Probably not going to be a New York Giant, but just be aware of who he is. We've got a good chunk of guys that we're going to talk about in the day two mix. Before we do, though, folks, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So now here comes the fun group, Chris. This is where there's a lot of really interesting names here, a lot of different body types, Guys that I think there's a couple in here that I think really would fit well with what the Giants would like to build on 
their defensive line if they lose a Leonard Williams or a Dalvin Tomlinson. And I think the first few players that would I think would should be brought up here that would make sense. Levi Onwuzurike from Washington looked really good at the beginning of the Senior Bowl and then went out with an injury. Marvin Wilson just feels like somebody that Dave Gettleman, even if they don't even need a defensive tackle and, and they re-sign both guys, that Dave Gettleman would have a way higher grade on than he probably should because he is just a massive human being who is so strong. Doesn't do a whole lot as a pass rusher, but he just takes up a crap ton of space. And then uh, we've got a couple more players I want to name in here, but the other one that I think makes really good as a, as a good scheme fit is uh, Osa Oedigizua, who looked really, really good during the Senior Bowl, really good interior rusher. And if you lose... If you end up losing Leonard Williams, I would consider Osa to be a really good replacement for him because he's a good pass rusher, he's disruptive, he creates problems, and he could end up developing into a really strong player. Don't get turned away because it's got Oa Dugizua in, in the name there because of what we remember from Oa, but overall... I think those few guys make a lot of sense, and there's some other guys we're going to get to soon. Just overall, that are good in this class. Yeah, I just as an aside, I I have said this both publicly and in private. I am kind of rooting for the Giants to draft a Digazua, mostly so all the time and work I put into becoming fluent in spelling that last name doesn't go to waste, so I can continue to use that skill (laughs) set. Yeah. But also, I am a big fan of what he did at the Senior Bowl. He is really powerful, long arms, great leverage. He is disruptive. And a lot of these guys are that similar body style. They may not be particularly tall. They might might not be 6'4", 6'6", type length. But they're still kind of, still have reasonably long arms. They're leaner, like 285 to 295, maybe 300-ish pounds, uh, Marvin Wilson is the biggest of that group. Like you say, he is a big dude and he is like that 6'5", 315, long arms. I will say his body type is a little bit weird. His lower body almost looks like it belongs to another player, but he is just ridiculously power. Uh, excuse me, ridiculously powerful, especially in the upper body. Like he can just throw blockers out of the way. Then there's also uh, like... It, Jalen Twyman at Pittsburgh. Uh, And if the Giants do wind up losing Dalvin Tomlinson and Austin Johnson, I'd keep an eye on Tyler Shelvin out of LSU. Shelvin and Twyman are polar opposites. Uh, I I think if we had the combine, you know, as usual this year, Twyman Twyman would be getting a lot more, uh, he'd be getting a lot more attention and buzz because he is a, he's from Pittsburgh he looks a lot like Aaron Donald. He's got a very similar type of build, about 6'2", 6'3", 285, 290, a very athletic, penetrating pass rusher. You know, he's not a guy you want eating up blocks, taking on blockers. You want him shooting gaps. Shelvin, he is probably 6'3", uh, 6'4". He's listed at somewhere north of 360 pounds, and he looks it. And... He is just built to be a nose tackle. He is built to take on blockers and take up the entire interior offensive line if you ask him to. So if the Giants do wind up needing a nose tackle, he's one guy I would I would definitely keep an eye on because we've said it before, Dave Gettleman loves him some big defensive tackles. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And Tyler Shelvin doesn't really do a whole lot for me, but he's just one big SOB. And if we're if we're just hyperbolizing the what 
what Dave Gettleman does and, and how he might value certain guys, I wouldn't be shocked if it goes Marvin Wilson, DT1, and then Tyler Shelvin, DT2, just because he loves gigantic defensive linemen. I think a lot of these guys could be in play here. Uh, Davion Nixon from Iowa, a name that's not really talked about a ton, but had a really good uh, past season here for Iowa. J2 Faley from, from USC. And we've kind of hit on most of these guys. Tom, uh, Tommy Togai from, from Ohio State. Overall, I think what you're getting from this group is somebody who can contribute, play, get into the rotation, is not going to have the same level of impact that you had with a Dalvin Tomlinson or a Leonard Williams, depending on if one of them leaves, but they'll be able to hold their own. They're going to be a strong value on day two. They're going to be a type of guy that can come in, just maybe not have an uh, a offensive rookie or sorry, defensive rookie of the year impact, but they're going to make plays. They're going to take up space, which is what you want them to do. Ultimately, the goal for the defensive lineman for Patrick Graham's defense is to take up space, free up linebackers, and then occasionally get after the quarterback when you completely shut down all of their receivers and lock down all passing lanes. That's the goal here, is either you're getting a big-ass dude who takes up a lot of space, or it's going to be somebody who's maybe a little twitchier like Osa, who's a pretty good pass rusher, like you know smaller Tyler Shelvin type guy. There's a lot of different directions that you can go, and I think that it still goes in line with what you said earlier, Chris. It's solely dependent on who ends up leaving, who they're trying to replace, and what they want with their next player. Yeah, and I think just maybe from a schematic point of view, if the Giants do maybe try to change the archetype they're going for, that's something to keep an eye on because you know we did notice the Giants. We said this almost every week: the Giants need more speed in their front seven. They need to be able to get after passers quickly. You know, it's great to be able to lock down throwing lanes and lock down receivers for four or five seconds, but you can't depend on being able to do that. You don't have Darrell Revis and Deion Sanders in their primes out there. It would be interesting to see if the Giants continue to go for the dancing elephant type defensive tackles, guys like uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Linval Joseph, John Hankins, uh, Dexter Lawrence, the list goes on. The, the, the kind of guys they always seem to draft either on the first day in Lawrence's case or in the second round in the other guy's case. Or if they do go for a smaller, twitchier, almost speed-rushing interior lineman. And if I'm providing a realistic outlook on what will likely happen, I I have a feeling that if they do want to get a defensive tackle, they might wait. They might not they might want to try and address some of these other positions first and just see who's av- available then on on day 3. And if they decide to do that and they decide to wait a little bit and they want to still at least address the position, there's a couple fun names that I think come into play here on day 3 that could be taken in any range from uh, round four to seven. Deo Odeyingbo from Vanderbilt has been a fun name that has been catching some steam lately. Teron Jackson was one of the better defensive linemen on that Coastal Carolina defense, which was one of the best in the country. And then I like this last one that you plugged in here, Chris. Cam Sample had a really, really good um, senior bowl week. And I think all these guys in the mix there, day three, if they want to address receiver, they want to address linebacker, they want to 
um, address edge rusher in those first three rounds. And then they say, all right, well, now let's just kind of see where guys fall to us. And if we have a guy valued highly, we'll take one of these three guys or, or some of these other guys that they like on the board. I could very well see um, day three being the time that they end up addressing the the defensive tackle position. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's interesting that these three guys who kind of jumped out at us, they're all the uh, smaller, more disruptive type players. You know, Taron Jackson was a very disruptive player for Coastal. Uh, Cam Sample was a... We both said this to each other during the senior bowl. He was a, a wrecking ball out there in practices, and he was disruptive in, in the game as well. And then Odabingo, he I believe he was actually a, an edge rusher at times for Vanderbilt and then kind of moved inside on nickel downs. So that could be an interesting name for the Giants if maybe they want to try to you know, solve two problems with one pick. You know, Get a guy where if they happen to be in a four-man line, you know, he could be that kind of uh, kind of base defensive end like a a right def- or sorry left defensive end and then maybe move inside to a four eye technique or a five technique if they're playing a three man front or be a a four aces style three technique if they're kind of going to go for that kind of a look so this isn't a great defensive tackle class when it comes to the at the top of the draft, but there are a lot of very interesting players depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's important to understand this defensive tackle group where we didn't really spend as much time as we did on some of these other position groups, but we wanted to address it and we're going to continue to fill out as much of the NFL draft class as possible. And heck, we're going to spend time talking about quarterback too. It's not completely off the table. It's certainly still a relative possibility, but from having conversations with some people, it sounds like there is some interest for maybe a backup quarterback. So we're going to talk about as many position groups as possible. We're going to address as many of them. I don't think there's a single position group that we we probably won't hit on in this year's draft class as we continue to preview, and there's a lot more to get to. So stay tuned for what we end up covering in the coming weeks. Go back and listen to some of the other shows as we had some really fun, interesting conversations on those, those draft class uh, episodes. Folks, that's it from us today on this show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy the show. Head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. And follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Chris, uh, or sorry, at RaptorMKII, and also uh, at BigBlueView. We'll talk to you later, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week.